famous scenes with drama queens and heroes acted out there on the silver screen come grab a seat the popcorn is on me hello welcome to meet me in the movies noel t manning the second here hope you're doing well we appreciate you spending time with us Tuning in right here on C19 TV for the television version. Of course, that's what the TV is. Or if you're uh, checking out the radio and the podcast version through WGWG, we appreciate that as well. Thomas Manning over here to my right joining us. Good to see you, man. I hope life is treating you well. Oh, it always is, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I tell you, man, I'm still digging the hair. I, I really, I, I, I am... Um, Trying to get some uh, some viewer mail or some non-viewer mail to help us, help us give us some ideas of some other things we may want to do. We could do pigtails like Pippi Longstocking. Um, we could do just that uh, fountain head, like where it just sticks straight up here. So we could do some stuff. Um, any any thoughts you, you think? I'm just open, open to any suggestions out there. Whatever the fans want, I'll do it. So. Okay. Man, you yeah. are really digging deep. Who who is back there running Mission Control to see if we've got any fans? Yeah, I, I guess we're not sure if we have any fans. Checking. Yep. No. One fan. One fan. Uh, that is your Grandma Joyce mm, yeah. is your one fan. So we'll, well see what her idea is. We all know she's been my number one fan for a long time. So. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, we do talk movies as well as proper uh, hairstyle uh, etiquette right here on Meet Me at the Movies. And we've got a lot to try to cover today, uh, including uh, a new MCU Film and uh, and tell me the title of this because okay. where I come from right. in Eastern North Carolina it's a little different. All right, so it's Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, and for the longest time I thought it was pronounced Shang Chi, but um, that's what I heard from multiple people. But I think that was kind of the, uh, the just the southern accent creating yeah. it. So it is Shang Chi, yeah. yeah. and uh, okay. this is the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the 25th film in this wow. franchise dating back to 2008. And uh, so this is from director uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, and he has a background in directing indie social dramas uh, like uh, you have Short Term 12, as well as Just Mercy a few years ago with uh, Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. And uh, but here he is stepping into a massive blockbuster as uh, as Marvel Studios and all the dude recruiting these filmmakers from much smaller indie projects and just giving them a whole lot of money and a whole lot of creative vision to do. Um, you know, to do some pretty wild stuff with their filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, and, and before you dive in, I'm sorry, before you dive in deep, uh, you know, just recently we've seen uh, some new trailers from Marvel, uh, The Eternals, with a, an Oscar-winning director leading the helm at that, and then also Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man... Uh, that is No Way Home. Spider no Way Home. No Way Home. I, I knew it had yeah, home in the yeah. title. I knew it had yeah. home. I, I was going to text Sean... O'Connell to let me know exactly what the title was, but that's it. No yeah, way home. No way home. Yeah, yeah. Which that is a uh, director John Watts for that. Who I think he'd done like maybe one indie feature film before they gave him Spider-Man: Homecoming back in 2017. So um, yeah, Shang Chi definitely follows that pattern. And uh, so this uh, this film is definitely heavy into the martial arts and gives us kind of a different side of the MCU that we haven't seen before. And that's, that's just really what I love so much about the MCU is just when you think you've seen every corner of the universe that it has to offer, it um, kind of takes another layer back and says you hear something else back here. And uh, this one 
um, as far as uh, the, the action sequences, some of the most innovative action sequences that I've seen in the MCU. Um, and I was really impressed with how character-driven each action set piece was. Okay. Uh, I do think, you know, Marvel, just as uh, most blockbusters do, sometimes have trouble with uh, clear motivations for uh, action sequences, like what are the characters' thoughts and emotions going through this, or is this just for just kind of spectacle? Which sometimes it is, and sometimes that can be fun, but for this, uh, I felt like each and every set piece progressed the character arcs and gave us uh, more nuance, and uh, we had an idea why the characters were doing what they were doing and that's something that I really loved uh, about what Shang-Chi did. Now, I think that's a difficult thing when you, you talk about how many films there have been uh, in the MCU. Where do you get to a point that you're, you're seeing the same kind of action sequences over and over and over again and you're right they keep finding new and innovative ways to make it work and, uh, and it sounds like that's exactly what they did and maybe even took it a step further or two in Shang-Chi. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do think once you get to the third act, you do run into some more of those issues where maybe an over-reliance on CGI and uh, it's you kind of struggle to catch a breath because they keep stretching out the uh, kind of ultimate conflict there at the end. But the fact that I was that emotionally invested in it is just kind of a testament to uh, what they were able to do with the character work throughout the film. Um, and we do have uh, Simu Liu in the lead role as Shang-Chi and uh, he um, he, he's mostly done smaller television roles in the past, uh, but he did a very fine job with this. Uh, you also have great cast, like uh, you got Aquafina in there, who's kind of like a, a best friend and adventure partner of um, Shang-Chi, and she's just delightful as always. Uh, you also have uh, uh, Michelle Yeoh in there yeah, as yeah. well, and uh, Tony Lung, and they've been around, um, you know, Eastern cinema for a long time, and they continue just to show that there's a reason they've been at the top of the game for as long as they have. And so, uh, so it's a martial arts film, but what makes it an MCU film other than it came from Marvel Comics? Uh, so there actually are certain connections that stretch back to um, Iron Man films. Uh, so if you go back to Iron Man 3, the Shane Black film in 2013, they teased the, uh, the, the character, the Mandarin, right. um, and then you realize so the Mandarin was a pretty prominent villain from the Marvel comics, right. but then they kind of uh, pulled the rug out from under you with that and uh, showed that that Mandarin wasn't exactly um, what people were expecting. Right. Uh, but for this, we kind of get a real, uh, we get the truer version of the Mandarin okay. that okay. people have been wanting to see, but they still do some uh, different creative steps with it and, um, you know, kind of modernize it in a way yeah. and uh, make it, um, you know, more emotionally impactful, yeah. I would say. And you get, he's not just, um, he's not just a villain who's just evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah. There is uh, definitely some motivation for okay. what he's doing. Okay. So uh, who will this movie appeal to? Will it appeal to your, your, your standard MCU fans, the martial art fans, or will it find a way to, to cross both? Oh yeah, I think it can really bridge the gap between okay. the two. Um, it's, um, you know, if you're still watching the MCU movies at this point, then I think you're just going to keep coming yeah. back for them, and uh, those audiences will be pleased. But I do think, like, for this one, you don't really have to have much prior knowledge at okay. all. And you can kind of step into it uh, completely fresh and still have a great time. It's a, you know, fantastic adventure flick. It's got a beautiful heart with, of, um, of the, the family narrative at the center of it is uh, you know very very thought provoking very beautiful thing and um, you know 
if you're a fan of martial arts yes. cinema and uh, there's just the way the way it's photographed, the way it's choreographed is, um, you know, I was very impressed with that as well. So I okay. think, um, you know, regardless of your background in, um, you know, film appreciation, you yeah. can come into this and find something to like. Okay. Now, what about the score? I mean, does the score lend toward um, Eastern cinema or, or, or yeah. did you? Certain, certain moments it does. Um, but as I, um, I actually, I was discussing with someone as the credits rolled, you know, what did you think of the score? And um, it was like, there were parts of it that I, that I really appreciated what they were able to do, bringing in kind of Eastern influence. Yep. But beyond that, um, I couldn't remember the tune exactly. Interesting. Okay. And so like in the moment, I liked what I heard, but right. then thinking back to it, I couldn't pinpoint okay. what I heard. So, so it was just yeah. it was just support yeah. and didn't provide that oomph. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, sometimes that. that's all you need yeah. uh, in, a, in a film. Yeah. So Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Is yep, that right? That's it. I did, I did pretty well with yeah, that. Yeah. I did pretty well with it. What is your rating for this? Or are there any final comments? Oh, uh, yeah, solid A minus for this film. Okay. Uh, so, Bill Pope is the director of photography on this. And to give you an idea of some of the previous work that Pope has done, uh, he was the DP on the Matrix trilogy. He was wow. also the DP on Spider Man 2 and 3, the, okay. Ra the Raimi films. Yes. So, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, is out now, and you gave it a pretty good rating. Uh, it's actually not out now. It, it is released. It gets, when does it get released? September 3rd is its official theatrical release. September yeah. 3rd, so we've got a little uh, advanced uh, review for you here on Meet Me at the Movies. And if you get a chance, uh, a couple of uh, trailers you do need to check out if you like the MCU, the Eternals uh, trailer, and also Spider-Man. Spider-Man, No Way Home. No got Way. It. Got it. No yeah, Way Home, you got it. it. Yeah. You got it. And, and speaking of somebody trying to find a way home, there's a movie called The Colony uh, that comes to us from Lionsgate, also from Sabin Films. Uh, this movie is Planet of the Apes meets Waterworld. You know where I'm headed. I, I do this all the time. Meets Children of Men meets Interstellar. Okay. So it's got a pretty good, good combination. Uh, the story is somewhere in the future. We're not sure exactly when, but Earth has become this kind of almost a water world. Where you've got these tides, water world, water world. yeah. All right, cool. These where these these tides will will kind of come and go and flood, and you know people are nuts. This is probably a good way to describe it. So within this story, uh, humanity is is destroyed itself almost from an ecological standpoint, but also they they've destroyed themselves just from a physical standpoint. So some astronauts take off find a planet to colonize. Uh, once they get to this other planet, uh, they realize they can no longer procreate. So they send a mission back to Earth to try to figure out, okay, is, is Earth stabilized? What's going on? Nobody hears from that mission. So we pick the story up 15 years later when another spacecraft is sent almost as a rescue mission. The rescue mission uh, has this daughter of one of the original astronauts. So she's on a mission not only to, to try to figure out what's going on on Earth, but also to try to find her father. Uh, it, it's pretty, pretty amazing film. Uh, wonderful acting. The lead act, uh, actress uh, is French, and her father, she's born in France, but her father's Australian and her mother's Egyptian. Um, I interviewed her, and I, I cannot pronounce her name. Even when she told me, I could not do it. But her first name's Nora, so I've got that. The last na name is Arsinda Kamundara. So I, I really did not get that right at all. I uh, love the story concept because um, when, when these astronauts come back, 
the, the, the set design, the production, production design, the sound design, everything technically, cinematography, all of that is amazing because you do feel like you're in this just vast wasteland and you're not sure exactly what's going on. It was actually shot in the tidelands of Germany where this actually happens. There's this area in, in Germany that the tides roll in and out about every couple hours and at times water's gone and then it comes back and completely floods the land. They shot most of it there. Uh, Tim Fellbaum was the um, writer and director and Roland Emmerich served as the executive producer for this. Loved the score as well. Uh, no use of green screen at all uh, in this film. It was shot on location, as I mentioned. Uh, physical effects, very physical effect driven film. Uh, they shot some of it underwater. Uh, I was just really blown away by this kind of indie film that, that I didn't have a whole lot to go on uh, looking at it. Uh, they also had this, uh, this new language. So there were times that you're introduced to these uh, characters called the Muds because they live in the mudlands, basically. And they have their own language, and there's no subtitles. Uh, and talking to the director, he said the reason he did that is he wanted you to be thrown into the very same experience as the astronauts, not being able to listen and understand what their dialogue was, but to at least get interpretations about what they were doing and how they were doing it. The language was actually created by a linguist who merged a lot of languages, including Germany, uh, the, the Denmark language and French. And so it was really fascinating to see that, uh, so they had a linguist uh, expert uh, to do that. Uh, shot both in Germany uh, and also um, in, through Swiss productions. Uh, only downside for me, the, the lighting at times was a little dark, but very limited issue with that. For the most part, I was drawn in from the story and, and I never once wanted to look back. Really appreciated it, it was engaging. The story itself was thought-provoking, visually mesmerizing for the most part. Um, the story uh, message that this has left is sometimes our search for answers can lead us on unexpected journeys, uh, and the answers that we may expect to find are not the ones that we actually want. Uh, the film is called The Colony, and when it was released in Germany, it went by the name The Tides. And uh, I asked the director, you know, why would you change the name, and he said, well, I know in the U.S. you've got this deter laundry detergent called Tide, so we didn't want people to get confused and think they were watching a movie about laundry detergent. Uh, B rating for me uh, for The Colony. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's worth, worth checking out, uh, and you can check it out now in limited theaters and also uh, on, digitally on demand. Any thoughts or questions? Uh, any idea of the production budget for this movie? No, uh, it was actually shot three years ago. Um, and um, you know, pandemic put some things on hold, uh, and they also had a few other things that, that kind of got in the way of it. But the production itself took about three months to shoot, so it was a you know 90-day shoot. So they they put a lot into it. Uh, they wanted to shoot everything in the tide lands itself, but they couldn't, but mm. <laughs> because of the, the tides literally rolling in and out and flooding things, and so uh, they had to be very. Uh, picky on exactly what they shot there. And they built a few sets, um, but yeah, I was, I was quite impressed with, with the colony. It's worth, worth checking out. All right, well, uh, we've got, uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna go to a break. We've got, we've got, who is that? Who is that? Who, who? Yeah, Olaf. Olaf is saying it's about time to go to a break because this show is smelling pretty bad. So we're gonna take an intermission right here on Meet Me at the Movies. We'll be coming back with more. We've got the Wolverine himself uh, is the greatest showman himself.
uh, in another film that, that's uh, a little different than both of those, right after this break on Meet Me in the Boots. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing. Give me down to there, hair, shoulder length longer. Hi, I'm Tim Foster from C19TV. I'm Rob Brook from KTCBroadcasting.com. And I'm Fuvio Brooks from C19TV Sports. Join us for Armchair Quarterback, What's in Store on the Gridiron in 2021. Cleveland County High School football fans are excited about getting back to a full season, and we will be here to break it all down. Every week, we look at all four Cleveland County High School football teams, conference foes Burns and Shelby, and conference foes Crest and Kings Mountain. We will look at what happened the week before and look ahead at what's coming up this week. We'll also do the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. Nobody covers Cleveland County football like armchair quarterback. Don't miss another great season right here on C19 TV. Hey everyone, I'm Tim Wisher, welding instructor at Cleveland Community College, and today I'd like to take a little time and tell you about what we do here. Welders are in demand. We offer a certificate program and we offer a diploma program. It takes about a year to come through our program. We offer morning and evening classes here at CCC. We have the lowest student to instructor ratio in the state. We do real life simulation. We do API 1104 downhill pipe welding. We also do D11 structural steel code and ASME welding as well. We have AWS certified welding inspectors on staff. If you want to learn more about our welding program, you can give me a call directly at 704-669-4077 or on the Community College website at clevelandcc.edu. Won't you come and meet me at the movies? Won't you come and watch... Hello, welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Thomas Manning and uh, back on uh, Mission Control. Is that Rhonda Benfield? It is. I, I know that dance anywhere. Rhonda Benfield hanging out, taking care of us on Mission Control. Really appreciate Appreciate that. I never know who's going to run the show anymore. Uh, Greg Tillman continues to produce it uh, and, and to make it happen. And so I think Greg, I really wish he was, don't you wish he was back out here with us? Oh, yeah, yeah. We need to back out here soon. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's not the same without him. It's not because, um, you know, he pretty much sleeps and then every once in a while he'll chime in with a, you know, with a fun quip or two. Yeah. So yeah. we miss that. We miss it, Greg. We miss it. We miss it. We miss it. Well, uh, we, we got uh, we got Logan, we got the Wolverine, we got the greatest showman, P.T. Barnum. It's called, the, it's right. called Reminiscence. Tell me about this uh, movie, Thomas. All right, so this is written and directed by Lisa Joy. This is her first feature film that she's directed, but she was co-creator of Westworld on HBO. And uh, you have a few cast members pop up in here from West, Westworld, including Thania Newton and Angela Serafian, who I actually had the privilege of interviewing a few weeks ago for her role in the uh, film King Knight, uh, starring Matthew Gray Goobler. Uh, so it was, it was fun to see someone. Hey, I was like, hey, I just interviewed her a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> didn't but, even know it. Yeah, yeah, know yeah, it. yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, so you mentioned Hugh Jackman and uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who were both in The Greatest Showman as well together. Yes. Uh, so they're together again in this film, and it's kind of, um, it's, 
It's about. It's not a musical. It's definitely not a musical. Okay. Although right. Rebecca Ferguson does get a chance to sing a few times, okay. uh, show off her vocals. Uh, but I think that was just because you know they were like, we can't waste this vocal talent <laughs> if we have it. So they just put in a few you know nightclub scenes of her singing and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it's this is kind of a post-apocalyptic type film uh, around the world. Sea little sea levels have risen and. Uh, flooded uh, coastal regions and um, metropolitan areas are pretty much halfway underwater. Um, I love this way this film opens with this like panning, um, you know, long take, uh, almost like a drone shot, of, but it's mostly like a CGI camera yeah. and a CGI world, but still it gives you everything you need to know. It starts in from the coast and then uh, the camera pans all throughout the city and shows um, you know, the different le levels of the city and shows the different portions of it are underwater and some of it are a little bit higher above ground. But, but that just kind of sets up everything you need to know about it. Um, and this is, uh, you have Hugh Jackman who um, he kind of falls in love with um, Rebecca Ferguson's character, but then suddenly one day she just kind of disappears. And so now he goes on this journey. It's kind of a, it's kind of an old school noir type thing. He's okay. trying to, you know, find find this woman, the woman of his dreams. Um, yeah. So he goes back in his memories and goes back in the memories of others uh, to go and search for clues, and to track her down. And so how did they go back into the memories? Uh, they had this technology that uh, originally was actually uh, developed for like advanced interrogation techniques or okay. I guess torture techniques. Okay. Um, and but there's also a way to use it like more you know benevolently i would say gotcha. Gotcha. and um so, so it's not like dr strange is they're hypnotizing hugh jackman not quite okay. no, no. yeah hugh jackman's kind of in control of this okay. and he's like he's like the best um he's the most advanced expert of this technology okay. there is so um if anybody's gonna track down the woman of his dreams it's gonna be him yeah and um and i do think uh, the central the central story is this relationship of Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson, and when they focused on that, thought that was very well done. Uh, but then every once in a while, they uh, when they kind of wrapped it around and tried to make it almost a love triangle in a sense, yeah. and have yeah. a relationship between Jackman's character and Danny Newton's character, and that part kind of felt a little bit undercooked. Okay. And so when they kept the focus on Jackman and Ferguson, that's where it was really clicking. Uh, but then when they kind of shifted the focus away from that, yeah. I kind of found myself uh, straying as well. Gotcha. Uh, Technology-wise yeah. in this film, visually pretty stunning. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, the director of photography, Paul Cameron, he's worked in the past with Tony Scott and Michael Mann. Uh, so he definitely knows what he's doing. And, um, you know, um, capturing water on screen, that, yeah. it can be really difficult, especially like when the water plays such a huge role in the right. narrative. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you have to be conscious of as far as like reflections and tricks of the light. But I was really impressed with, uh, you know, the cinematography with all that considered. Uh, some great practical sets um, with portions of, um, portions of the set underwater and submerged and then characters maneuvering throughout that. Uh, there is some great underwater cinematography as well. Um, there's one scene, if you watch the trailer, you'll see it where like, Hugh Jackman is diving underwater and there's just light streaming in as he's you know, diving to, this, to the depths. And uh, that scene plays very well uh, within the context of the narrative. Uh, there are Few, few great action sequences as well. There's a great shootout in a bar. Uh, there's also uh, kind of this brutal like hand-to-hand -hand melee uh, that almost reminded me, reminded me of something out of John Wick. Just yeah. the way it was filmed, uh, this really wide angle, and just shows these two characters going at it. Uh, you know, the camera set back, and you see them pretty clearly see what they're doing. And uh, I was impressed with that. Um, 
but you know, at the end of the day, I do think the script definitely could have used a little bit of cleaning up, gotcha. and uh, maybe it could have been edited a little better as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, still quite pleased with what we got with Reminiscence, especially for a uh, feature debut for Lucy Joy, and I'm in interested to see what she does from here on gotcha. out. Gotcha, and, and those hand-to-hand -hand melees where it's just chaos and mayhem, that happens pretty much all the time when this show wraps. Between yeah, yeah, us, yeah. So. As soon as the clock stops, we're just... <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's your rating for uh, Reminiscence? Uh, solid B- minus for okay. Reminiscence. Yep. And you can find it in theaters and also on HBO Max. That's it, yes, sir. Right, well, we've got about uh, five minutes to talk about the protege, uh, or as I like to call it, uh, a diary of a wannabe hit person. Um, that's not the name of it at all. Protege uh, stars Maggie Q, Michael Keaton, also Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, it is a, uh, an action piece that really does tell this origin story of someone who's really a, a finder. Uh, yeah, assassins, is assassinations part of what this character does, but, uh, but Maggie Q is, is being, has been raised by Samuel L. Jackson after uh, she was found in Vietnam uh, 30, yeah, 30, 30 years, plus ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was found in this place where a lot of people had been killed and she was hiding in this kind of closet. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson raises her under his arms. She is the protege. High on action, this film. Uh, it, it's a film that uh, they waited and they really wanted to make sure this hit the big screen. I talked to Maggie Q last week and she said she's really glad they did a lot of different locations uh, in this film. A, a lot of fight scenes, uh, talking about action sequences, quite a, quite a bit of that. And also just an interesting story with some interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. So you do have Martin Campbell as the director for this and he directed uh, Golden Eye, which introduced us to Pierce Brosnan's Bond, and he directed Casino Royale, which was the first Bond film with Daniel Craig, and also The Mask of Zorro. So Martin Campbell knows how to direct action, and uh, that certainly translates into The Protégé. Um, you know, so many action sequences. We were yep. sitting there in a theater. It was a practically empty theater, so we could kind of react a little bit more. And I was just, uh, so many times I was just like, wow, that was, that was incredible. Um, and just... You, the sound design is great. You have bullets flying from all over the place, and you have like walls crumbling down and glass shattering, and just feeling that you know in a cinema was uh, definitely worth yeah. it on the big screen for those moments. And the sound design really was impressive yeah. uh, for this film as well. Michael yeah. Keaton, solid as a uh, a villain, maybe. I mean, it's it's his character is kind of hard to, yeah. to 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 really narrow down. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there, there's one particular scene where Maggie Q and Michael Keaton are sitting in a restaurant, and uh, at this point they are kind of on opposite sides of the coin. Uh, they, their motivations uh, kind of come into conflict with one another, but they have mutual respect for each other as well. And they're just sitting there just trading barbs, and yes. the dialogue in that scene is written very well, and it just like cuts um, it cuts very deep, kind of feels like a Tarantino scene. It also reminded me of like the uh, the Heat scene, uh, the Michael Mann film Heat with De Niro and Pacino sitting in that diner yes. just talking about how, um, you know, basically going back and forth saying how they're going to beat each other. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. I've really liked Maggie Q for, for quite a while. Uh, I, I, Nikita, the, the TV series, uh, also uh, she was in uh, one of the Die Hard films and Mission Impossible 3. Uh, and also was a designated survivor and been in quite a few other things. So I followed her for a long time. I'm glad to see that she's gotten the lead. And we, I know we've got to wrap up, but final 
uh, thoughts or comments before you give your, your rating? Yeah, I mean, just as long as Mackie Q is an action star, I'll watch pretty much anything she's in. You. And I mean, I'll watch anything she's in, period. But as an action star, I think it's where she really, where she really finds her footing. And uh, so quite pleased with the protege. I would give it a, I would give it a solid B. I, I'm, I'm pretty close with you. A, a B minus for me. Uh, you and I talked about it. I was kind of on that borderline. Um, Story-wise, I feel like I've seen the story before uh, with kind of this uh, revenge, trying to find out, uh, you know, where you came from and what your purpose is and, um, you know, seeking vengeance, all of that. But, uh, but yeah, quite impressed with this, and it, it's worth, worth checking out. The protege uh, is in theaters now. Yeah. Also, uh, Robert Patrick, is that his name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting That's there in right, the theater the going Terminator. back. Yeah, what, was it Robert Patrick? Was it Neil Patrick? Was it Dan Patrick? Was it yeah, Neil Diamond? Patrick, we, we, Patrick Willems, <laughs> uh, right. Patrick Mahomes. St. Patrick, yeah, yeah. but yes, he is in it uh, as well. Well, we are at the end of the line right here. Uh, we are uh, reaching the final frame on Meet Me at the Movies, and I uh, want to give you a movie quote of the week as we always try to wrap things up with that. This comes from Quigley Down Under. You know, when the road gets rocky, uh, that's actually the only part I remember. So uh, until next we meet again, I'm Noel T. Manning II. For Thomas Manning, uh, for Rhonda Benfield, uh, and for Greg Tillman and all the cast and crew right here on Meet Me at the Movies, and that is a wrap. Many films to view until we meet again. Next time we see you, we'll gladly fill you in. We'll tell about the happy and the sad ones. We'll talk about the good ones and the bad ones. Many films to view till we meet again.